MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, August 31st, 2020. Today we are back from vacation and there are simply too many headlines to cover in the intro, so I'm not going to try. I'm your host, AG. Hey, everybody. My goodness. Uh, We took a week off, and I can't even begin to describe how much news has happened. I'm going to try to cover it all in today's show, starting with the breaking news and working my way through the major headlines. I will also later on be speaking with Frank Figluzzi, former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence. And as you might have noticed, there may be some counterintelligence news today regarding Rod Rosenstein, and we will go over that Uh, in the A block, and I'm going to talk to Frank about it in the C block. So you definitely want to stick around for that. It is a big, big news day. Um, Also, uh, Jordan's going to be joining us for the good news block. So that's going to be be a lot more fun than (laughs) what we're teeing up in the beginning of the show. But we have so much to get to. um, Not a moment to spare. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, everybody. So the lead story today uh, initially came from Michael Schmidt of the New York Times. This is the reporter that uh, initially broke the Russia investigation story, by the way. Uh, this story that I'm about to tell you about dropped Sunday morning. It's a big one, but there's also some a lot of questions surrounding it. So permit me to read the lead here. Schmidt says the Justice Department secretly took steps in 2017 to narrow the investigation into Russian election interference and any links to the Trump campaign. And this is according to former law enforcement officials, keeping investigators from completing an examination of Trump's decades long personal and business ties to Russia. So let's begin with the scope of the Mueller probe. We have been talking about this in the face of myriad conspiracy theorists and botnet ops insisting that Mueller was derelict in his duty as the special counsel. Uh, We know uh, from an August 3rd memo from Rod Rosenstein um, that he detailed the scope of the investigation. We also know from the Mueller report itself that Mueller had 40 or so FBI agents co-located in his office to hand off counterintelligence information to so that they could write weekly summer reports back to the FBI. And we know that Mueller, and we knew this from, you know, that, that Mueller was limited to a criminal investigation. He was only to look at criminal conspiracy. Uh, he could look into other things that arose from his investigation, such as tax fraud for Manafort, uh, lying to the FBI, etc., and so he was able to look into those things. But presumably any counterintelligence information that would tie Trump to Russia and make him vulnerable vulnerable or compromised or make him a national security threat would be handed off to these 40 co-located FBI agents. So this doesn't really seem like news. Um, now, while it is said that Mueller had latitude to investigate any matters arising from his investigation, uh, behind the scenes, according to this uh, New York Times report, Rosenstein curtailed the scope of the investigation within days of Mueller's appointment. Uh, he limited Mueller's reach by disallowing him to investigate Trump's financial ties to Russia. Uh, and we knew that, as I said, and we learned through subsequent subsequent public reporting that Rosenstein had told Trump hey, uh, the, everyone thinks I'm legit. I'm going to land this plane. And so we already knew Rosenstein wasn't a white hat in this situation. He wasn't a good guy. 
Um, and there were even leaks from the Department of Justice to publications like Business Insider in July of 2017, insisted, uh, insisting Mueller had been given wide latitude. But was that part of a cover-up or, you know, what's really going on here? And we all know that in Mueller's report, like I said, he explained that while he could not indict a president, the reason he investigated was to get all the evidence and testimony while it was fresh in people's minds for potential future prosecution. But because of Rosenstein's quote-unquote interference, as alleged in this article from, from Michael Schmidt in the New York Times, maybe the counterintelligence and financial ties investigations never happened. And that's sort of bolstered by this memo put out by Adam Schiff about a week ago asking where's the counterintelligence information, at least with regards to financial ties between Trump and Russia, because it's not in the Senate, the recently released Senate Intelligence Committee report on counterintelligence, volume five in their, you know, their Russia um, in, the, in the investigation they did, the Senate did, the bipartisan Republican run Senate. Uh, intelligence committee did into Trump's uh, Trump the Trump Russia campaign. Now, uh, if if Rosenstein failed to disclose to the FBI that Mueller wasn't looking into those aspects of the Trump Russia connection, as Schmidt says, it would make no sense that Mueller would say, "Hey, we had forty FBI guys in our office and gals probably." Uh, so this, you know, this this whole article raises more questions than it does answer them. And according to Schmidt, law enforcement officials never fully investigated Trump's relationship with Russia, even though some career counterintelligence investigators thought his ties posed such a national security threat. They took the extraordinary step of opening an inquiry into them. And we know that, um, you know, this this had all come out years ago. And so now we're left with two realities, because if you remember, I made a video uh, last July about pizza and the Mueller investigation. And I said, the Mueller investigation is a criminal investigation into a very tiny scope. It's outlined in Rosenstein's memo. We all knew this at the time. And now, aside from that little tiny scope, we have 40 co-located um, uh, agents from the FBI gathering counterintelligence information and sending it back to the FBI as part of the counterintelligence investigation. So I, I, I don't really understand what Schmidt is saying here when he says that the FBI didn't know. And now tonight, Weissman, Sunday night, Andrew Weissman, former uh, member of the Mueller team, lawyer, who's putting out a book, by the way, at the end of, of September, said the FBI knew and the New York Times got it wrong. And so we are left with one major question here, and I think you all know what it is. It's if, if the Senate Intelligence Committee's report on counterintelligence doesn't include Trump's financial ties to Russia, and the Mueller report obviously was just a criminal investigation, that doesn't uh, contain any information about Trump's financial ties to Russia. In fact, Mueller even testified, hey, I'm not looking at that. And everyone went, what? And we're like, well, no, yeah, there's 40, there's these other guys, there's these other agents that are that are doing that. And it things just aren't adding up. So here's what I've done. Uh, I have contacted who I think is probably one of the most biggest, you know, greatest experts in, in counterintelligence, Frank Fagluzzi, former uh, assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence. And I spoke to him a little bit today, and I was like, well, this isn't right after the New York Times article came out, but before Andrew Weissman tweeted. And, and we went back and forth like, this doesn't add up. I have more questions. Um, and we, we tried to figure it out. And then the Andrew Weissman information dropped. And so I contacted 
uh, Frank Fogluzzi, and I'm going to have an in-depth discussion with him about this and what the big remaining question is, where are the counterintelligence findings uh, about Trump's financial ties to Russia? And we have to also remember that in addition to this counterintelligence investigation, wherever it is, or as Adam Schiff is wondering, it's not, it doesn't exist or we don't have that information, uh, we, have to, we have to sort of figure out, uh, is this an ongoing investigation? Why haven't we heard about it? We also have to remember we generally don't hear about these things. Uh, and I talk, I talk uh, with Frank Fogluzzi about that later in the show. You definitely want to stick around for that interview. There's a lot of information in it. And what does this mean in the face of the fact that Ratcliffe, the DNI, is now saying we're not going to uh, brief Congress anymore on election security for 2020? Uh, but there's new reporting out from NBC, which I also discussed with Frank. So uh, stick around for that. Uh, and, and I mean, there's just so many other things going on here because, you know, Bill Barr spun the Mueller probe findings. And now... Uh, by canceling the election security briefings to Congress about foreign interference, we have an issue there. But on the other hand, we have Republicans working with Durkacz and pro-Russian Ukrainians through Rudy Giuliani to launder Russian disinformation about Biden through the Senate. And Bill Barr was given the keys to the kingdom for declassification and gave himself sole authority to approve or deny any investigations into presidential candidates. And he also appointed Durham to lead an investigation into the origins of the Russia probe. So we have all these other things to, to think about as we look at this New York Times piece through that lens. And speaking of Dirk Koch, before I let you go, we learned this week that his former lawyers are cooperating with law enforcement. And that says to me that Giuliani and the gang are also under criminal investigation, which we already kind of knew. Those are beans, by the way. I don't have documentary evidence. I'm just being making reasonable assumptions. And... Two Biden associates in the Ron Johnson, Biden, Burisma, you know, bullshit conspiracy have agreed to testify uh, in the Republicans probe of Biden in Ukraine, likely because they have nothing to hide. And the conspiracy theory has been been debunked seven ways to Sunday. Um, now, it was also, like I said, revealed in this article by Schmidt that Rosenstein never told Andy McCabe about his decision to narrow the scope of the Mueller probe. And Schmidt asserts that that left the FBI with the impression that the special counsel would take on the investigation uh, into Trump as part of its his broader duties. And Schmidt quotes Andy McCabe in, in this article, had I known Mueller wouldn't continue the inquiry, I would have had the FBI perform it. Uh, but of course, Trump fired McCabe and then tried to unsuccessfully prosecute him. But it's it doesn't make any sense uh, to me. And... Um, there's just something off, and there are still so many more questions about this. Now, this doesn't preclude the fact that in April of 2019, we did a, a podcast um, that month when we had learned from the Washington Post that Rosenstein had told Trump uh, that, uh, don't worry, everybody trusts me. I'm Snoop Dagg, basically. Uh, I'm going to land the plane. And before that article came out, we were sort of with Rosenstein. We're like, hey, he's protecting Mueller. He's doing his job. And then we learn this and we're like, oh, wait, wait a second. What the fuck is happening? It seems like Rosenstein might not be on our side. And this New York Times article that came out today is sort of muddying those waters. It's... um. I'm not sure who leaked the information, who these law enforcement officials are. I'd be interested to know, obviously. 
because that might go a lot toward the motive here. Um, but that none of this precludes the fact that I was removed from my job in April of 2019, uh, and I was uh, at that time flipping on Rosenstein. And when I say flipping, I don't mean like I was cooperating with the FBI. I mean, I, I went from su- kind of supporting him to being against what he had said when he told Trump he was going to land the plane. Um, could be coincidence, but doesn't seem like it. A lot of things were going on in April. Um, the Mueller report came out. Barr mischaracterized it. We had Rosenstein. We learned Rosenstein was going to land the plane. Um, just a, a a flurry of activity at that time. And I wish I had more answers uh, for you on this, uh, but we are going to continue to follow this story. And I want you to know that what I discuss with Frank Fogluzzi may help clarify some of these issues. So definitely hang out for that interview. I know our next president, Joe Biden, has committed to getting to the truth about Trump and Russia. Um, but we may never know the extent of Trump's financial entanglement with Russia. Uh, unless, of course, the Second Circuit finds in favor of the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance, tomorrow and orders Mazars to hand over Trump, the Trump organization's finances and Trump's taxes to the grand jury. I guarantee you this is why he's guarding them so closely. We may also catch a glimpse from the New York AG, Tish James, and her investigation uh, using Deutsche Bank information about the Trump organization. She just filed a lawsuit this week to get a judge to compel Eric Trump to be deposed as he has unlawfully ignored all requests to testify and has taken the fifth with regards to those crimes. So this is all very intense, and uh, there's a lot surrounding it, and we're going to keep following this story. And uh, I'll have more questions uh, later for Frank. So so stay with us. We'll be right back with more headlines after this super quick break. Uh, incidentally, if you want these episodes early and ad-free, head to patreon.com slash thedailybeans. Sign up for a premium feed. It's for as little as three bucks a month. You also get our forthcoming Mary Trump Book Club series exclusively for patrons, patrons only. That starts this week. And thank you for your support and for supporting women in podcasting. We'll be right back. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. I'd also like to thank our amazing sponsor, All Form, that makes beautiful, customizable furniture for your home. All Form makes gorgeous, high-quality sofas and chairs to your specifications, and they deliver directly to you with fast-free shipping. You customize your own sofa using premium materials, and you do it at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. With All Form, you can pick your fabric, which is spill, stain, and scratch-resistant, perfect for pod pets. You also pick the color, the color and finish for the legs, the sofa size, and the shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your decor. Uh, I got a three-seater sofa and customized it with whiskey-colored leather. I could have never had a leather couch with the Pod Pets before, but I can now. I also got a walnut leg finish to match my mid-century modern interior and a chaise lounge at the end. And it came here in a couple of days. It was easy to put together, and I absolutely love it. It's roomy and modern-looking, and the fact that it was designed just to my specifications is the, be- is the best part. Now, normally, if you want a custom sofa, it can take weeks or months, and you would need someone to assemble it in your home. But all form takes just three to seven days to arrive in the mail. Three to seven days. And you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. No tools needed. All form has armchairs, love seats, all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. So there's something for everyone, and you can always start small and buy more seats later if your family or your home gets bigger. And uh, you, here's, here's the best thing. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they will pick it up for free and give you a full 
refund. There's no risk here. And they also have a forever warranty. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners. That's allform.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody, welcome back. All right, kiddos. I need to take a deep breath because I'm going to fly through these headlines because of the sheer volume of news this past week. I will not be able to get into the weeds, but you will find links to every single one of these stories in our newsletter for patrons this week. So subscribe. And if you can't afford it, we have a program where patrons are donating one-year premium subscriptions to those who can't swing it these days. You can sign up to be on that wait list to get a free one, or you can buy a patron a subscription um, you know, if for, for, for folks who can't swing it right now, just head to dailybeanspod.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the main page, and it's right there. You can't miss it. All right, buckle up. Here's what we missed on our week-long vacation. First, Trump has asked the Supreme Court for permission to block people on Twitter. He, apparently, he's really sad that he's not allowed to block people, and he's getting really tired of people being so mean to him on the Twitters. Um, his bone spurs are acting up, I guess. Next, the Sturgis rally has been connected to coronavirus outbreaks, at least 100 cases in from one particular tattoo shop. So we kind of saw that coming. And uh, I think another 100 cases from the Smash Mouth concert. By the way, I wouldn't put big burly bikers at a Smash Mouth concert. Maybe it's just me. Now, uh, a Texas postal union leader has says the Postal Service hid mail delays from a congressman. There's a congressman went to look at the post office and, and, and apparently... Um, the, they were told to hide the delays from, from, from Congress. Interesting. And, uh, postal workers in Washington had defied postal service orders to, and about the sorting machines. And they are by themselves reinstalling mail sorting machines in Washington. Good on them. Uh, and then the House met on Saturday to discuss the Postal Service, and we know that there was the um, two, a couple of hearings Friday morning, which we talked about on the la- uh, on the last show, and then of course the the Monday morning, um, which we didn't get to. Uh, so it was bad. In fact, it was so bad that that I I believe <laughs> there are, there have now been flooded. They have the the post office has been flooded, and also our members of Congress have been flooded with phone calls to remove him. And he's he's seated, saying he'll stop everything. And um, but you know he's he's stopped short of saying he's going to reinstall the machines or put the boxes back. So we're still kind of in the same spot, and uh, we'll update you when we have more information. Um, and also, we've learned that uh, Mnuchin paved the way for those Postal Service changes, by the way. It happened a little well before DeJoy got, DeJoy got there. Um, Mary Trump has released recordings of her, her interview with Trump's sister, Marianne Barry Trump. and Or Trump Barry. One, yeah, Marianne. The one that was appointed to a federal judgeship. Uh, and there's still some questions out there. I, I personally am 100% sure that, um, that Trump's sister is okay with this, but these are really damning recordings, and you need to take a listen to them. Uh, Google them, Marianne Trump recordings, and it's <laughs> it's pretty damning, and that, that dominated the news cycle for a good day or so while we were gone. Um, Navalny, as we know, who was poisoned in Russia uh, after drinking some tea, um, had has been moved to Germany and he is has survived the poison attack. So that's a very interesting development, and we'll keep you posted on that. And then, of course, we learned about Kushner's back channel with a Russian fund, the RDIF, uh, which that's still a breaking story. And again, we'll have the link for you in in the newsletter, and I'll go over that in detail a little bit later in the week. Uh, that's a very interesting story, but Kushner is knee deep in some serious shit. Uh, Kellyanne Conway is leaving the White House. Um, 
that was a, a new thing. And George Conway, her husband, has left the Lincoln Project. I think this has to do with their daughter, Claudia, who has been screaming out on Twitter, like upset that her mom was going to speak at the RNC. Uh, I think that, that this is a good move. Uh, I do not give Kellyanne Conway a pass for anything. She's a traitor uh, and a terrible person and a violator of the Hatch Act. And I will always, uh, I'll stand by that, um, my dislike of her, you know, till the end. Uh, regardless of why she's leaving the White House, I'm glad she's fucking gone. Falwell. Falwell Jr. He has resigned from Liberty University. And then he didn't resign, but then he did resign. And this is because of the pool boy who admitted, or the pool person, let's, let's be gender neutral here, neutral here, who has told the public that, that uh, Falwell was a cuck and would watch him ha- watch the pool guy have sex with his wife. So that's where we are with that. And then, of course, you know, we know all of the other hypocritical things that are coming out from, from the Falwell family. And again, we do not kink shame. We would never kink shame. We support consent autonomy and kink i'm 100 percent for it it's the hypocrisy that i do not support um so i mean you want to do stuff with your pool boy hell yeah high five uh do your thing i love it i support you uh but you want to do that while simultaneously raising money to prosecute the lgbtq plus community Uh, no no um, another headline here, Vindman's brother has filed a complaint for being wrongfully terminated. So that's interesting as well. And Trump's CDC, uh, this is the Center for Disease Control, has changed their testing guidelines, and they did it when Fauci was under anesthesia for surgery. And boy, did this remind me of the John Ashcroft in the hospital bed for gallbladder surgery and uh, Gonzalez uh, trying to get a, a, a surveillance program on Americans passed while he was out of his mind. And Mueller and Comey coming to the rescue to the side of the bed saying, don't sign anything, Mr. Ashcroft. This asshole is trying to get you to do something while you are under, you know, while you're drugged up. Now, another thing here, uh, the Biden advisors, I told you this in the A block, have agreed to deposition in the U- Ukraine probe. I'm I'm not worried about this. Um, they've done nothing wrong. The Biden Burisma shit is debunked. A hundred million ways to Sunday. I don't know. I don't know what Ron Johnson's thinking he's going to get. Um, but there's nothing there. So they're they've agreed to testify. Uh, felony warrants against Jacob Blake, um, who was murdered, shot seven times in the back. They have been vacated and his restraints have been removed. Um, this is a, a incredibly tragic story of more um, police violence uh, against black and brown people. And it, it's it's there are now so many more protests. There was a march on Washington this week and um, it's devastating what happened. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about about this as the story unfolds. Uh, House the House panel. Um, has initiated contempt proceedings against Pompeo. Remember, the House was trying to subpoena him. He wouldn't come. He wouldn't give documents. So I know Ted Lieu was working on changing the rules of the House and and contempt so that they could fine and jail people. We will see, but they are working on contempt proceedings against Pompeo. Uh, General Milley, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, says the military will not play a role in the election or the outcome. And I love this because, you know, Trump had said, I'm sending the military out to the polls if there's problems, 
uh, which is a real fucking despot thing to do. Um, that is super authoritarian. -y. And uh, Millie said, no, we're not doing that, bro. And we're also not, uh, you know, protecting you if you want to stay in the White House. And we're also not removing you. Um, which I appreciate as well, because it's not the military's job to do that. It is the it's the Secret Service, and if Biden wins and it's certified, and he's certified wins wins the election, then the Secret Service automatically works for Joe Biden. And if Trump refuses to leave with his eight million fences around the White House, and his I mean it's just so fortified, it's it's ugly and and scary and militant. If he refuses to leave, that's the Secret Service's job to remove him, and the Secret Service is not fucking loyal to Trump. Um, and uh, finally, I want to dedicate this show to Chadwick Boseman. Hey, everybody, it's AG. It has been a record-breaking hot summer, and we all know it's important to hydrate. Drinking enough water increases your brain power. It boosts productivity, prevents headaches, helps your skin, increases focus, improves your mood, helps you with digestion, gives you energy, and it prevents bad breath, and it can help you lose weight, too. But how much water should you drink every day? Ten cups? A gallon? Uh, do I need an IV? <laughs> the good news is it doesn't have to be so complicated. And please don't, don't intravenously put water into your veins. But this is why I start my day with Hydrant. Hydrant helps you feel hydrated faster. Hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder you mix directly into your water for more effective and a more effective way to hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly and keeps you going for longer. Each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes you need, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. So if you're looking for that extra boost of energy, there's also Hydrant Plus Caffeine, which contains 100 milligrams of caffeine from green tea. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist, and it's also loved by pro athletes, top performers, celebrities, and has thousands of five-star reviews. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious and refreshing, and it comes in a variety of flavors, including new summer-friendly iced tea lemonade and fruit punch. My current flavor is lime. It tastes amazing, and I drink it after I go for a run. It's hot these days, and I feel instantly refreshed and revitalized. And it's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It's incredible, and it works. And it starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. And you save even more with a monthly subscription. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can save 25% off your first order. So go to drinkhydrant.com slash dailybeans or enter promo code dailybeans at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-H-Y-D-R-A-N-T dot com slash dailybeans and enter promo code dailybeans for 25% off your first order. Ah, uh, hey, everybody. Welcome back. So we've had some interesting, conflicting things happen today with the New York Times story. Uh, about Rod Rosenstein curtailing Mueller's investigation. And I wanted to bring on a counterintelligence expert. So joining me today is former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, Frank Fagluzzi. Frank, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, of course. We've got some important uh, talking to do here. Yeah, we really do. Because I spoke with you earlier today about the New York Times article, and both of us were a little confounded about the claims in it because... Uh, as you and I both know, and as I reported, I put out a I put out a video last July about how the Mueller report was like a pizza, and there were forty agents or so co-located with the Mueller investigation. And he outlined in his report that he wasn't doing it, but handing off the counterintelligence information to these agents who were sending weekly written reports back to the FBI. And you and I had said we have more questions than answers. So tell me. Um, your top line thoughts about the New York Times piece and then what Andrew Weissman, a former member of the Mueller team, has recently tweeted out tonight. 
Yeah. So the the New York Times the New York Times piece um, asserts that they may have some answer to the the ongoing mystery of whatever happened to the counterintelligence case on Trump that started at the FBI that the IG said was properly predicated. Um, and and you know many of us had wondered was it resolved? Did it go with Mueller? Mueller um, had clearly said in his testimony on the Hill and in his report. That nope, um, the FBI was working that piece of it. The whole question of you know is is Trump colluding in a in a kind of intelligence way in terms of a co-opted or asset type function with the Russian government. And so today's piece says no, you know Rosenstein uh, he he shaped the case for Mueller and precluded Mueller from looking at the counterintelligence part, and um, he told Mueller that he didn't think the counterintelligence case was properly predicated. Now comes counsel Andrew Weissman, um, who (laughs) says in in two tweets, uh, basically, that's BS. He said, Weissman is is telling us, uh, nope, um, nothing was hidden from the FBI agents, and nope, Rosenstein never said that the counterintelligence case was not properly predicated. And that's it. I wish Weissman was tweeting some more. But this jives completely, A.G., with what you and I were thinking, which is, look, this isn't how this works. This Cases don't vaporize. It makes for good television and movies, but cases don't vaporize. The FBI, if it's nothing else, is a massive bureaucracy and and everything is papered. 10 times over. So the notion, as kind of alluded to in Mike Schmidt's piece in The New York Times, that because Pete Strzok was fired, the counterintelligence case went away, that was a red flag for me. That that doesn't mm. make sense. And you know, in a bureaucracy, we, you know, everybody could get fired and the case will still go on. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it, just, it just wasn't making sense. I mean, me. that was one of the whole reasons that Andy McCabe... Uh, handed this off to Mueller was to create, uh, to keep the investigation going, right? To keep it alive, to hand it off to somebody in case something untoward happened. Um, so there's just so much in that New York Times article that that comes into question. Well, and Schmidt actually uh, quotes Andy McCabe, um, who you'll remember, you know, also unceremoniously fired like uh, 20... 22 hours or 26 hours before he was eligible for retirement. So what does McCabe say about this reporting? McCabe says, gosh, if I had known that Mueller and Rosenstein weren't going to work the counterintelligence case, I would have kept working it at the Bureau. But he's in the dark because he got walked out the door. So what we really need, AG, is for the current FBI director to step up and go, "Okay, okay, look, Here's what happened to the counterintelligence case. Now, we've got to deal with Attorney General Barr, who oversees the FBI, who, of course, has uh, conveniently written a memo saying, hey, no one should do anything in DOJ that might interfere with an election. Right. So here we go again. Can you imagine the FBI director coming out? You know, yes, yes, you can, because we saw it with a guy named Jim Comey right before an election and saying something that might impact an election. So, so here, here we are again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the other thing, too, and, and here's the big question that still remains that Weissman or nor Schmidt nor anyone has answered is, and, and if this is probably stands to reason why Adam Schiff put a memo out last week saying, where's this information? Uh, if there, you know, if there was the, you know, the ongoing uh, coordination between the Mueller probe and the counterintelligence investigation and the FBI, they have all the information. Who was looking into Trump's financial foreign ties and where where are the results of that investigation? Why haven't we seen it? It's not in the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee's counterintelligence volume five report. It's not in the Mueller report. So to me, that says it's either still ongoing or I don't know, Trump is a informant like I, I don't no and that is still what what that that is still a mystery is is where that information is who was looking into it we know we know Mueller wasn't somebody was where is that information yeah i think i think you've uh, succinctly portrayed the the question that uh, really the $64,000 question and you know where where is the ci case and there there is a disturbing possibility but nothing these days should disturb us which is that it continued um, unfettered, and now it is fettered because we have a guy named Bill Barr as Attorney General, and he may have either made it uh, told Ray to close it, um, or uh, they're just sitting on it, kind of what we call pending and active, and Barr doesn't want it released. Um, and by the way, I so or or and I know your your listeners know this because they're savvy, but ordinarily counterintelligence cases will never see the light of day. And so, I mean, that's the point is that they're not public. And now the huge exception would be if we've got a president who's a foreign uh, asset and is co-opted. And I, I still have to believe that Chris Ray and others at the FBI would, in fact, do the right thing if they had concluded that there is definitive evidence that the president is owned and operated by the Russians. I my gut tells me it's something less than that, or we would have heard from the good people at the FBI, despite the fact that they'd be fired. So there's something sitting, they're sitting on something, we need the answers, and Congress should be demanding it of the FBI right now. Yeah, especially in light of the the DNI now announcing that he's no longer going to give election security briefings to Congress. Yes, but now this is interesting, because I've checked uh, sources on this, and actually NBC News has confirmed the same thing that I'm hearing, and this so this may come back to bite the DNI because what I'm hearing and NBC has confirmed is that the FBI is going to do briefings now. See, this is the way it used to be. This, this is we've come full circle. In in, nor, in normal times, it would be the FBI doing counterintel briefings and the CIA and others uh, on the Hill, but. DNI wrested that from the bureau, which should give everybody pause because now that's that's very political. They got their head bashed when they tried to, to brief and they went, oh, you know what? Let's let the FBI do this again. So now it's possible that Chris Ray will be sitting in front of the House and Senate Intel Committees, very limited uh, leadership or, or a gang of eight uh, briefings. And now they can ask him, hey, Mr. Ray, whatever happened to that counterintelligence case on Trump? Wow. Well, 
that's a lot of news today to take in, and uh, I'm very Just grateful that you, that you've come to talk to us about it. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, everybody, follow Frank Figluzzi on on Twitter. And uh, gosh, I hope you come back. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna hear more. I don't think that this is the end of this story. I know Andrew Weissman's book is coming out at the end of this month, so or at the end of September, I should say. And I think we might know more then. I have a feeling we will, but don't forget um, those of us who are writing books, uh, the FBI will have, and DOJ would have put it through the ringer in pre-publication review. So we'll learn something, but we won't learn everything. But hey, have me back anytime. (laughs) Thanks so much, everybody. Former Assistant Director of the FBI for Counterintelligence, Frank Figluzzi. I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks. Uh, Everybody stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break with the Good News Block. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon, my favorite thing in the world. Cereal has always been my favorite. I remember as a kid, I would eat probably a whole box myself during Saturday morning cartoons. But now as an adult, I had to give up eating it mostly because all the cereal that I loved was full of sugar and chemicals and carbs. But I'm excited to share I have found Magic Spoon, a cereal that takes me back to my childhood without all the stuff in it. It's so delicious, you won't believe it's made without all the sugar, carbs, or guilt. It's it's healthy, actually, for you. It's the opposite of not good for you. As Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, as opposed to, well, none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast, and I agree. It contains, amazingly, zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It is... <clears throat> Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part is it's so delicious. They have four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. You can kind of tell where that's going. It tastes incredible. It's too good to be true, but it's real. My favorite flavor right now is frosted. I snack on it all day. Sometimes a dry snack. It's healthy and nutritious, guilt-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use promo code dailybeans at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon and I are so confident that you are going to love it that it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. That is magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use promo code dailybeans for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring our podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. And joining us today for the good news is Jordan Coburn. Hey, Jordan. Hello. How are you? I am well, but I'm also a little sad, but also very happy uh, for you because this is your last official day with the Daily Beans. And I, you know, I'm, you're moving on to, to bigger and better things, just as Mandy has moved on to her, her bigger and better thing. And I'm super proud of you. And I love you. And I want to let everybody know that this isn't goodbye, that you will be coming back every now and again to do some, uh, do some guest hosting with us. Yes, I appreciate you and love you so much, AG. Allison, I can say that now freely. Feels good. Um, and everybody that's listened to us from the kitchen days, it's been three whole ass years of doing this. And it has been the craziest ride. And I've had the opportunity to connect with so many incredible people. And I've developed friendships, you know, deeper friendships with you, Mandy, Joelle, everybody, our patrons. It's just been truly, truly, truly a once in a lifetime experience during the worst time uh, in my life personally so far, politically, 
for sure. So this has been a lifesaver probably. And yeah, I can't say enough good things and things filled with gratitude about everything. So thank you. You're welcome. And I'm so excited for you because you're you're young and you've got this amazing career ahead of you. And I'm so honored that I got to be a little bit um, a part of, of your life for, for the last few years. You're a huge part. You, you make me laugh so much and I love your laugh and I am going to force you to come back um, as often <laughs> as you can <laughs> to, to, to help deliver good news or help go over the headlines, news from under the radar. And uh, I'm just so, 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 so proud of you as a, as a, as a mentor and a friend. I consider you a friend and I love you. So thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Please, everybody, please listen to the I Disagree podcast. That's Jordan's um, podcast that, that she does with uh, who's your co-host? Steve Shustick. Everyone heard him once on the Daily Beans. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun day. <laughs> yes, it was. If that at all uh, made you interested uh then yeah our whole podcast is based on he's not like alt-right by any means but he's certainly not like liberal so no it makes for just interesting conversation we don't just talk politics too we we try to laugh a lot and and um yeah patrons submit smaller topics that we argue about that are just more fun and lighthearted in nature but i really appreciate you plugging that no, of course. I think everyone should continue to follow you and follow your career. You are going major, major places, and I'm. I can't wait to see what you, what you, what you come up with. It's going to be really exciting to watch. And and I wanted to do this as part of the good news block because the good news is that you know you're going to you're just going to do amazing things, and you're going to come back and see us, and you'll join us sometimes for the happy hour. And yes, you know this, like you said, uh, this isn't goodbye. It's just good luck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely, I will be back. Uh, we do have uh, good news submitted by y'all, and uh, because uh, Jordan's um, leaving, we are going to subsume the quarantine confessions back into the Daily Beans pod. We are going to have one more final quarantine confessions um, episode this week. I'll be recording it with Mandy, uh, but then you can still submit your quarantine confessions, corrections, and good news stories all at dailybeanspod.com. And we will be putting them all in in the D block of the Daily Beans. So I just wanted to put that out there. And thank you all for submitting your good news. And Jordan, do you want to kick us off with the good news from Amanda? Yes, please. I'd love to. So exciting. Is this a Mandy Reader submitted good news? <laughs> um, probably not. Good news. From Amanda. Different. Uh, pronoun she, her. Good news. My book on detecting deception from public figures finally came out. It was delayed a few months due to COVID. It's my first and I'm super excited about it. Hell yeah. That sounds like, unfortunately, that'll become increasingly useful. <laughs> yeah, especially in the next 60 days, right? Yeah. Totally. Congratulations, Amanda. I wonder if there's going to be stuff in there about body language. I just saw another article about that, uh, about Trump's body language during his RNC speech. I find that mm. stuff so fascinating. That's probably a really cool book. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and Amanda, let us know what the book is. I want it. So send us a uh, send us a message. Head to the dailybeanspod.com and or excuse me, dailybeanspod.com and and the contact thing and let us know what the book is. We'll plug it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to read it. 
Um, go ahead and read the next one too. That was a short one. Go ahead and read the next one too. Oh yay! What a treat! All right, next up from anonymous <laughs> pronouns they them. I meant that as sarcastic as it sounded. They okay. Uh, they say after five years of training myself and trying to job hunt while at an unrelated awful full time job, and then later furloughed due to being high risk for COVID, I finally got a fully remote job as a software developer. I have been working toward this goal for a long time, and it all worked out just in time. I am extremely grateful to finally be able to keep myself safe and financially secure. Yes. Amen to that. Go anonymous. Uh, yes. And I have to say, I feel like the universe is lining everything up right now, and I'm so glad that... Um, you got in the way of this of this good fate because we you know we're coming up on 60 days to november and i i just feel an energy in in the air and i think all of us have worked so hard for so long and we are now in this position <clears throat> where we have a chance to save democracy and when things like this come up like you find like you've been working on this for so long and you finally got this job and, and and you can do it remotely. I think that that's incredible. And I'm I'm so, so, so happy that that this that this is working out for you. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, that's freaking rad and good on you for like standing up for yourself and your own health. Yep. Got to draw those boundaries, man. Uh, OK, next up. Good news from Nora. Pronouns she, her. I like the opening here, Nora. It just says, fuck Pence. <laughs> Um, and then she continues. I'm a 1994 alumna of Wisconsin Lutheran College. Gen X, I love AG's references, and I took Latin too. Woohoo! I was so disappointed in WLC, that's Wisconsin Lutheran College, for asking Pence to speak. When I saw the open letter on Medium, I signed immediately. I was the oldest person who signed. Woo! Uh, I was doubtful that 200 ish signatures would do anything, but today, WLC. Uh, uninvited Pence, and I feel amazing for the first time in a long time. We're not all crazy evangelicals who won't see what's going on. Yes! Yay! Go Lutherans! Oh, God. Yeah, seriously. That must feel so nice. I was just talking to a friend uh, about Pence today, actually, and how the only way either he's completely a phony or he's just such a single-issue, devout believer in trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned that he's willing to look past all of the grotesquely anti-Christian things that Trump stands for. It's got to be one or the other. I mean, Mother, his wife, you know, we read that report that she was pissed. She hated Trump. And she's like, you got what you wanted, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and she was mad. And then we also have to remember that Manafort, who was installed to run the Trump campaign by Putin, which we just learned from the Senate Intelligence Committee's Volume 5 Counterintelligence Report, and his contacts with Konstantin Kalimnik, who we have just found out, but we all knew all along, is <clears throat> tied to Russian intelligence, that Putin was picked by, or excuse me, Putin, Pence was picked by <laughs> Manafort. Same thing. Um, so interesting, right? Interesting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, next up, well, what do we have next here, Jordan? Well, yes. Next up is from Andrea, pronoun she, her. Andrea says, students at Oak Grove High School, my alma mater, in Mississippi staged a walkout in response to some students yelling white power at a football event. God, that's so shitty. 
the last part, uh, the students that yelled the phrase have not faced any repercussions, and the school administration has tried to bury the story. I never thought I would see a BLM protest at my old high school, and I am so proud of these young people for standing up against racism. Fuck. Wonderful. Yes. I mean, wonderful that they're standing up. Exactly. And, 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 in, and in Mississippi, and they staged a walkout in Mississippi. I mean, that's a ruby red state. And... Uh, uh, yeah, wow. I can see, Andrea, how you're proud of, of the young people for standing up against racism. This is our future. This is what Obama meant when he yep. showed up on Pod Save America for that very first interview after he left the White House and said, I have hope that the young people in this country will wash over, the, wash over us like a wave. And, and, um, and we see it happening, and it's wonderful. So mm-hmm. hats off to them for, for standing up to that racist bullshit totally that's so shitty they're trying to sweep that under the rug too that's like the same kind of things that they do in police departments and fucking like courts they're just constantly sweeping that stuff under the rugs and it cannot go unprotested so hell yes yeah and the military does it too and yeah yep. it's it's good to see it's good to see good job mm-hmm. good job kids mm-hmm. i love yep. you <laughs> Yeah. All right. Next up, we have some good news from Jamie. Uh, pronouns he, him. Jamie says, I've never donated to any political campaign until now. Your tweet about the Hatch Act convinced me to send my first ever donation to Biden and Harris. Thank you for being an inspiration for all of us, Heart. Oh. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I appreciate that. Um, boy, uh, the bots, the botnets and the trolls are out enforce uh against my little video so thank you thank you thank you so much for reading that and you're an inspiration to me too jamie all of you just for letting me sit here and obsess about the news and tell you about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i love i just have a really good feeling about this election and i'm not gonna jinx it um so i'm knocking on wood Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, we're just, I just, I, my, my knuckles are bleeding right now. <laughs> you're like, but, uh, you're like the cruel tutelage of Pi May with fucking, in Kill Bill, like just punching that yeah. fucking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just merciless. Yeah, fuck it, but that's all I'm going to say about it. Moving on. I'm too, way yeah. too superstitious to indulge in any sort of positivity past what I've already said. Um, but uh, next up, good news for Mickey, pronouns they, them. Mickey says, here's my good news. At the beginning of the summer, my local BLM chapter put out a call for people to train as and become marshals for their protests and teach-ins. I responded to that call and have spent nearly every single Saturday this summer using my white body to help create a safe space for black people so their voices can be heard. I have met some absolutely incredible people, and it has been such an honor to do this work. I know this is only the beginning. There is still so much more to be done, but quite frankly, I have never felt more engaged and alive. I don't know if you have ever heard of Indigenous Australian elder Lilla Watson. She is credited with saying, If you have come to help me, you are wasting your time. If you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together. By working to help others find... Yeah, that's really good. Also, end quote. Uh, By working to help others find and have their voice, I have allowed myself to actually recognize parts of me I have been suppressing, particularly my sexuality and gender identity, and to turn self-hatred slash self-loathing into self-love and acceptance. Ah. Yeah, that got me teared up reading that. 
Thank you, Mickey. Me too. Me too. And I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Mickey. I'm in a I'm in a little bit of a pickle about turning self hatred and self loathing into love and acceptance <laughs> as well. So, yeah. aren't we all to varying degrees? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say this too in response to your confession. Good news. Sorry, not yet. <laughs> um, your good news. I I think that a lot of gratitude is owed to black communities that are allowing white people the space to stand alongside them and for them uh, to not be, you know, in honestly justifiably skeptical and doubtful of white people's intentions. And I think it's just a really harmonious and beautiful recognition of the shared humanity that everyone has and credit is owed to you credits owned uh to the owed to the black community first and foremost and i'd love to hear this kind of good news yeah agreed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'll never forget when that woman spoke out particularly about um black wall street and and she said you know we're we're lucky that the black community doesn't want that the black community wants equality and not revenge yep and I really, really, that sank so deep with me that, like, God, thank you for think- allowing us that space and, and allowing us to be allies. We do, I feel like I don't deserve it, you know? Right. It's mercy, honestly. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Finally, um, last good news story of the day. This is good news from In Memory of Triscuit. And the pronouns are she, her, and good girl. Uh, I don't presume most people are familiar with the social media platform Imager or Imgur, uh, but it's a delightful alternative and provides an endless stream of good content while garbage and hate get downvoted to oblivion. I love Imgur, by the way. <laughs> it's such a Gen X thing. Uh, apparently, there is a frequent occurrence organized by the Free Pizza Dude where people who are down on their luck ask for a hand and people respond by buying them pizzas. It appears to be so effective. <laughs> It appears to be so effective that people are getting responses in under five minutes, and every time I refresh looking for someone to help, they've already been taken. Guess I'll just sponsor a patron instead. (laughs) Thank you. Also, fun fact, apparently the phrase, give it some beans, can mean to apply force, accelerate, or otherwise step on it. In the October 13th, 2014 episode of Adventure Rider Radio, motorcycle traveling Englishman Austin Vince declares twice... The way to get a motorcycle through deep sand is to give it some beans and power through. Here's hoping we can all, here's hoping we can all give it some beans and get through this sanity uh, desert that is 2020 (laughs) to a lush valley future where pizza grows on trees. Love to you all. Oh my God. That's so interesting. Having beans means having spunk or verve, right? Um, I know that when Amanda and Joelle's dog Marley is like riled up and ready to go and needs a nap or a walk uh they say yeah he needs to get he's got some beans right now he needs to get his beans out uh and so give it some beans give it some gusto you know so that's also interesting and i I don't know if uh i don't know if that was on dallas's mind when he said all i'm wondering right now (laughs) on it um i think he literally just meant he wants beans on stuff um yeah (laughs) but, but who knows yeah. Well, 
Thank you for that in memory of Triscuit. And that was a wonderful good news block. Please send us your good news. We need all the good news we can get. We're going to have a lot of shit dropping over the la- uh, over the next 60 days. It's going to be a lot. And so uh, submit your good news stories, personal or political, anything, any little thing. And you can do that at dailybeanspod.com. Click contact and submit good news. Um, and Jordan, do you have any... F- Final, final thoughts. Yeah, I'm tearing up and crying now. (laughs) This has been, like, so incredible, seriously. And I have so much hope for what people can accomplish and the solace they can provide to each other just based off of the community that was built. I'm so sorry. This is so dramatic. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I just, I really, really, really love everything that you created, Allison, and everything that everybody else created together, and you are going to keep creating, and this has been, like, such a traumatic and horrible four years otherwise, but this has been, like, such a huge, just beacon of light and love and support, and I have so much, so much gratitude and hope and i really really love you all i'm really gonna miss you i couldn't have done it without you and your your laughter is my goal all the time and um (laughs) i have to say that um you are going to do such amazing things and this community is so important to to everyone and you helped create it and you are going to be tied to the right side of history and with a cord of steel and um thank you you too <laughs> i i hope that you know the impact that you've had on on people and me and and, and i love you so much and thank you. you too thank you thank you everybody everyone please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.